Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. And welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 342 of the Big Show. Some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Oh, it's late Sunday here. The football is going. Not a bad week. Not a bad week. Still, I'm hoping. Uh, I'm hoping for the Eagles here. They're hanging on here against Dallas. Um, well, get this one. Old John Searson from the UK decides to get on a big jet airliner and fly over the ocean. Uh, come over to Philly. Imagine that. You leave the you leave the UK to come to come to North America and you go to Philadelphia. Oh, there we go. That's that's solid right there. Yeah. Um. You know, is that sort of like trading your house in for a tent? I don't know. Anyway, so he decides to hop over there. Oh, he's got bush light. He's wandering around Philly with a plastic bag full of bush light. Talking, you fit right in, I'll tell you that. Yeah, and who's he tagging in all his posts? Oh, yeah, Mud Show, Olin Salem there. Yeah, Alec. Yeah, that's called a North Carolina wedding right there. Wedding reception when you show up with bush light in a plastic bag. Yeah, oh yeah, we're bringing class in. But he's over at Philly. He's at the game. Oh, what a Debbie Downer. He's, oh, I told you Philly's going to lose. Oh, he's going on and on. And he's texting me how terrible it is. I'm like, holy shit, it's 17-14 in the second quarter. Calm down. Like, you'll be okay. Although his, his flyer, can you imagine coming all the way over here and paying money to go to an NHL game as he sits and watches the Flyers lose 5 nothing to some guys with chrome helmets? You know. Could have heard a mouse piss on cotton, not a body check thrown. Yeah. Oh, good effort, boys. Yeah. The excitement, the entire excitement of going to a flyer game is to hang out with the mascot. That's about the extent of, uh, flyer hockey these days. Uh, hard times. I'm telling you. But Johnny, I hope, I hope they can, I hope the birds can pull it out for you. You know, and I'm going to say, I, I have to say, you know, to be completely honest, to be transparent, 
Um, I got, I got 12 points on them in the football pool too at the office pool. So, you know, I'd like to see them win for you for coming all this way, but you know, I gotta, I gotta try to hold on to first place in the office pool. So I need the, I need the Eagles here. Uh, Dak will blow it in the fourth. He, he'll, he always does. So we're going to wrap this up because I'm going to go upstairs, watch that fourth quarter of that game. But, um, how are you guys doing? Yeah, it's, um, I don't have much to talk about today at the, at the show. In fact, I have a special guest today. Probably should have led with that instead of my ranting of, uh, Bo Searson. But, uh, John is back on the show. Um, it's about the, it's the second or third time I've had him on. We do 10 rapid fire questions and, uh, well, I keep saying that. I, I, <laughs> I guess I should pull, I should take the rapid out of that because I think we talked for almost an hour. You know, so I, I think the segment, I've had about 45 minute segments. Uh, maybe it should just be 10 questions because there's, there's kind of really nothing rapid about these answers. We'll put it that way. So, uh, yeah, so 10 questions with John, but he's a great guest, gave some great answers. We have great discussion. Um, a lot of fun having him on, you know, talked to him for a long time before and after we recorded as well. And, uh, yeah, really enjoyed it. So I think you guys will definitely enjoy this episode. Well, yeah, well, me, well, it's, that's yeah, kind of a bold statement. I don't know. It's a serviceable episode, maybe. <laughs> I don't know any. I don't know any more people. I'm telling you. I man, I will say it. Um, I'm as I digress here, but I don't know. Um, you know, battled through kind of COVID here last week. Um, had obviously some time away from work as I kind of sat on the couch and quarantine, so to speak. Um, you know, and yeah, I'm certainly not watching daytime television, so holy shit, you talk about, you, if you ever want to heal someone, or I, 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 if you got some lazy sack of shit that's out of the couch and, does, and refuses to work or whatever, or you just can't get them out of the house, oh, turn on some daytime television, that'll get them out of the house immediately, holy shit, I can't believe people, oh man, it starts in the morning with like breakfast TV, and it just continues to go downhill, oh my god. Yeah. I, yeah. Anyway, what was I talking about? Yeah, the, the real salt. Oh, you hear that dinger? Searson at the game. Yeah, on Facebook Messenger, he keeps sending me messages. Um. Uh. So, yeah, you, you throw you're throwing me off here. You're 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 killing my bit here. Yeah, eleven. Yeah, Debbie Downer. Oh, we're up eleven. Oh, I think we're good. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. But, uh, dackle dack, man. Uh, you know, we'll see though. Uh, what was it? You're throwing me off now. I, I get, I mean, I suppose I could hit pause, but I won't. No, it was just, um, just kind of scrolling social media and stuff. And it's, uh, not, and again, I'm not, I, I will, I would never claim that this is a real professional outfit over here. And this is the podcast, end all podcasts. And, um, I understand that I'm like a, I, I'm a niche product and everything else. And I, I've always said with this, I know, and as far as the ecosystem of podcasting, I know where I stand. I'm very, very much have self-awareness. Um, you know what you are, but, um, there is some bad shit out there. And these are like popular shows. I'm going to say it now. And I've said it before and whatever, and good for him. It's his gimmick and all this shit. And he's, Whatever, he made a career out of it. 
But how anybody can listen to Stevie Dangle is beyond me. I I don't understand it. He sits and yells and screams. Like, what are you yelling about? Like, there was a clip of him the other day, and he's yelling about some guy being on the ice for half the overtime, and and he's ah ah ah. It's what, what are you doing? Like, I mean, I I get it. The gimmick is the yelling in the basement guy, but it's just like, I he's such a buffoon. Like. I, I don't know. I don't... Uh, I mean, I guess if you're a hockey fan, you're a Leafs fan, and whatever, he's your guy. Oh, he speaks for us. I, I mean, I guess so. But I just... I'm not just... I, I mean, I'm singling him out, but I mean, there's plenty. And I and I see these, like, podcasts that have hundreds of thousands of listens and everything else, and hey, good for them, and whatever. But, and I, again, I'm not trying to put myself... Oh, well, I should be there, because I'm better... No, I'm not. It has nothing to do with me. I'm not. This has nothing to do with me. I believe me. I know. You know. Um. I I just I I don't get it. But I mean, I guess this is growing up, like I didn't get the Jim Rome thing, or like all the or like Stephen A. Smith and like and these guys are on national TV making millions of dollars a year. Skip Bayless. Who listens to these buffoons? I don't understand it. I have a friend of mine, Kevin. I know he's listening. Um. He listens to this like phone in after games. Or is it like the pipeline or something? It's in Edmonton. And it's these phone in show of, with fans talking about the Oilers. And of course, you know we how good the Oilers are this year. And I just, who would listen to this? I don't understand it. It's grown adults saying us, we, and they acting like they're part of the team and just utter nonsense. About their bitching and their crying and the refs are against us and Batman's against us and everyone's against us and on and on. It's just, I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I don't get it. Um, yeah. And, and it's just, well, and I laugh because, um, was the other night on Twitter, they had a panel on. The Bissonette was saying something about whatever the hell they were talking about. And you just read the replies. Who listens to... Why would anybody listen to this goon? And they're sitting there talking. Meanwhile, this guy's retweeting like... Dangle and Merrick and all these people. And like... But Bisson... Out of everyone on that panel... Bissonette's the one that... Bissonette's the only fucking one that has any idea what's going on. He actually did it. This is what it amazes me in life and with anything. We we don't listen. We we it's the loudest voice wins. Like that's who we'll listen to. Never mind knowledge and expertise in an area. No no no. This guy knows because he's the truth seeker or what. It's just like bizarro world. It's and it's like in anything. It's like oh no, don't listen to the expert in the field. Let's listen to this bozo over here because he's funny. Like and he yells lots and uh, holy shit, are we serious? Like, I just shake. I, it's baffling to me. And and you know, Francis was a pigeon. No, he he sucked. Well, he played two hundred and whatever NHL game. Yeah, but he was he's a grocery stack. And uh, okay, do you have any like? <laughs> do you have any concept of how good he was? Like, I know it's the big thing to knock on Biz and ha ah, ha ha, you know, whatever. But are we? Really? 
Like, like, get a fucking clue. Like, oh yeah, there, there's literally, I, there's, the, the one quote, I think I retweeted it on Twitter. I'm like, this is where we are. This is where we're at. And this, this wasn't a joke. You know this guy was dead serious and he really believes this. There is two guys on my beer league team that were, that are better hockey players than Paul Bissonette was this exact guy's quote. And I said, well, unless they, they both play, they're both retired from the East Coast League. Uh, no, they're not. You know, like, again, I always say at the beer league, you realize you're playing with no shoulder pads, there's no hitting, and, uh, you, like, really? And you, and you have one guy that plays defense, and you got guys out there for, uh, seven minute shifts. Yeah, but no, it, it's the same as at least the Southern Pro League. Like, this is where we're at, people. I can't believe I need to get on here and, like, get mad about this shit. Or it has to be said. But it's like, you say this shit and they look at you like, as Jim Cornette was, like, you had a turd hanging out of your mouth. Like, they they can't believe it. It's amazing to me. Oh yeah, no, it's an expert panel. None of them played in the league, but it's an how well, how is it an expert panel then? I had one guy a while ago goes, "Well, no, I, I've been watching hockey for forty years." Oh, okay, yeah, me too. I'm far from an expert. Oh no, but I've watched every Ranger game or whatever it was for you know that makes me an expert. I said, "Have you ever taken a face off against Sidney Crosby?" Have you had Connor McDavid coming down on your wing and you have to cut him off? Like, no. So no, you're not an expert. You have no idea. You can guess. You have opinions, which are just guesses. But without knowledge, how can you... If you've never done something, how can you be an expert at it? You know, I watched the first seven seasons of Law and Order. Can that Does that make me... A, I could be a lawyer? No. I watched House. I guess that I've watched every season of House. That may I could be a surgeon. That makes me a well. No, now you're just being stupid. No, that I'm not. It's the exact same thing. Sports fans watch all this sports, but yeah, and, and will legitimately make them or they and then they played the sport in high school or when they were twelve. So that somehow gives them. No, I know. So that makes me an expert. They 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 legit believe this. It's like, no, stop. Anyway, I have no idea what I'm ranting about. It's um, it's an aside, I guess, but it's an aside that turned into a hole. Uh, I don't know. Uh, how about we just get out of here and get talking to, to John about the rapid-fire questions. I will say, oh, just a heads up. Well, like I said, remember the Hockey Podcast Network, 100 shows on the network. Um, Jolton Joel Lazito. Um, He's got a really cool guest lined up. I'm not going to say the guy's name because it hasn't. They haven't recorded yet. I really hope it happens because um, it'll be it'll be really good. Minor league legend. It'll be excellent. So, but Joe has the Coliseum Chronicles podcast, and uh, definitely check out his back catalog right now. He's re-upped his Mick Fakota interview. Of course, Fakota being in the news after his uh, uh, very well received uh, Spit and Chiglets interview. And, um, you know, that's great and everything, but, uh, Joe did all that. Joe did that interview like three years ago and, uh, and it's actually probably better. Well, not actually, it is better than the Spit and Jiglets one. So go back and check out Joe's Mick Fakota interview. 
top shelf. Then we got Alec. Well, I'll tell you. You want to know how far Alec's fallen? Yeah, guess who's his guest tomorrow? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yours truly. So, yeah, you want to hear my voice some more? Oh, I'm sure that'll that'll really drive ratings. Um, actually, it's going to be a fun little show. Uh, we're going to talk about hockey documentaries. And, uh, you know, obviously, uh, Ice Guardians and Last Gladiator and the Tough Guys Chiefs documentary. All that stuff will be brought up. So looking forward to that. I always enjoy going on Alex's show or talking to Alex. So uh, tune into that, the Five for Fighting podcast. Uh, other than that, if you happen to be on the YouTubes, check out the Fourth Line Voice YouTube channel. I have over 2,000 videos on my channel. Uh, please subscribe to the channel. If you happen to watch a fight from that channel and you enjoy it, hit the thumbs up. I know it sounds corny, but YouTube loves that stuff. They love the interaction, and it helps my my channel out in the algorithms. So and if you're listening to this on iTunes or Spotify or whatever platform you listen to, uh, right before you hit play on the episode or after you've hit play on the episode, can you hit the star review, the ratings? Can you review the rate, the show, the star ratings that, uh, again, helps out in the algorithm, not just my show, but Joe's, Alec, whatever podcast you listen to that you enjoy, um, hit the rating thing. Uh, it's not just a little gimmick that the, that the website does. Um, it actually helps out the creator and, uh, and download don't stream. That's how people get paid. Uh, that's my PSA folks, but yes, that's a little thing that you guys can do as listeners to help out your favorite content creators. There we go. Did I accomplish anything in this intro? I think not. Darren Ski, Darian Ski had a really good fight last night. Um, was it Mark Louis? I don't know. Skeel, Skeel pumped him anyway. Great fight. Attaboy Darian. He's looking sharp. Um, I see Donald Brashear fought again. 51 years old. Still tilted it up. Couple tilts already. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, a few fights here and there, but overall, eh, you know, we roll on. Um, I was over at, actually last night, right before I, before I let you guys go here, um, I was over at the parents' house last night and, uh, just kind of hanging out in the back room with the old man. He had the, he had the Canucks game on. Oh, what a love fest that was. Although I will say, who was it? Ian Cole or whatever stepped up on a guy and pretty good, pretty good body check. I'll give him that. And Marchman's kid came in there and they had a little go, but, uh, uh you know, okay. It was Dallas. That's who it was. And, uh, eh, you know, other than that, it's just like, man, just paint dry. I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah, I know I'm old and bitter and everything else, but I, I, I don't know. I watch this shit and I, I don't get it. I really don't get it. We got silver, we got chrome helmets and ugly jerseys and love in games. And I don't know. I don't know, folks. No country for old men, I guess. But anyway, I'm getting out of here. Thank you very much for tuning in. And I actually, and I, you know, seriously though, uh, I always rant and rave and yell and scream and call everybody stupid bastards and stuff. But, um, uh, and I, and I've, I've said this a few times, but, um, actually, and I appreciate it. I really do. I've, I've actually been getting, um, uh, yeah, getting flooded with cards and letters. Uh, no, but I've, I've received some emails, some private messages, uh, lately from folks and I really appreciate it. Um, you guys take the time to listen to the show saying how much you enjoy it. Um, you know, some suggestions and, uh, 
Um, and, and it's really cool. Anytime you can get feedback, uh, you know, you know, positive or negative, it's, uh, you know, or constructive feedback, I guess is always, uh, is always great. And, uh, and I love to hear from you guys. That's why if, uh, if you're on social media, I'm on fourth line, fourth line voice on Facebook, Twitter, on Instagram, give me some time on Insta. I am not a, I don't know if I can get into Instagram. I, I, I don't know, but you know, if you send me a message on Instagram and I don't get back to you right away, I'm not ignoring you. I'm, I'm trying to figure out all the features, and I haven't. I always actually forget I have Instagram, and uh, so and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. So every couple days I go there. So if I'm I'm not ignoring you, um, I will get back to you. But uh, if you're not on social media at all, you're smarter than the rest of us. Uh, hockey fights at hotmail.com. Uh, send me an email, and uh, yeah, I'd love to hear from you guys. Seriously, drop me a line. Um, even if you just, hey man, listen to the show and I like Wayne Van Dorp, you know, <laughs> whatever. Hey, I love to hear from you guys. It's cool, man. Like I said, this is, you know, the, this community, um, you know, it's the kind of the hockey fight community. It's, um, it's, it's pretty small. And, uh, and us older guys are really, we're, we're dying off. Uh, there isn't many of us left, you know, that we're dying, but I mean, <clears throat> I guess our presence on social media, we'll put it that way. Um, we're definitely in the minority for sure. So I think, uh, we can kind of build the community and, and, and share the, share the old pictures and the stories and the videos. I think, uh, you know, I think that's cool. So, um, so we'll try to, try to keep it going anyway, keep it alive. But, uh, I know there's a lot of people that love to yell old time hockey, but have no concept of what that is. Um, it's just a, you know, they think it's the cool hockey thing to yell, but, I would say they love to yell old time hockey until old time hockey actually happens and then they cry about it. So, but, um, anyway, I love hearing from you guys uh, and, uh, and I appreciate it. And, uh, abs- like I said, I always say absolutely feel free to drop me a line and I'd love to hear from you. So anyway, let's get out of here. Here's my 10, not rapid, 10 questions with John and, uh, hope you guys enjoy it. And, uh, hopefully we'll be back on Wednesday to do this again. Thanks, everybody. And now, here's a word from our sponsor. Football is back in full swing with another week of epic games. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody's missing out on the action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use the code THPN to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.sot1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope ny in Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resorts in Kansas City, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. And now back to your regularly scheduled program.
All right, here on the fourth line, boys, got a returning guest, and he's back, and he's going to play some 10 rapid-fire questions. I got John on the line. John, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Darren. How are you doing? Very good, very good. Well, I, I appreciate you taking the time today uh, to come on the show and um, do these 10 questions here. I tried to... I got to... Honestly, I think I got to I got to come up with some some other questions. I'm starting to I don't know how uh I guess they're not real. Well, I got a few I got a few different ones here for you. But some of the same. I know you I know I know you've heard a few of these uh segments, so uh, some of the questions won't come as a big shock to you, but uh everyone's right. answers are always well, different I'll, and whatever the answers are, we can kind of go from there. Yeah. So we'll see. You never know. I'll try to have some uh, interesting answers. Wow. Well, I guess we'll we'll see where it takes us. And uh, all right, well, I mean, you know, obviously the first couple. I mean, these are kind of softball ones that I think you got to just get the feel of the person. You know, see what's out there, see what's happening. Uh, very first one, easy one. Favorite enforcer of all time. It's got to be Bob Probert, but I feel like that's probably most people's answers. So I'll say my second favorite is Brian McGrattan. There you go. Um, yeah, you know what? It's interesting as you say Probert. I I don't know if I, I don't know how many people have said Probert to be honest. I don't know. No, I well, I'm trying to think. Um, I I don't know. I'm a I'm a little bit biased. I'm a Windsor guy, so from the same place. And I mean, he's if not number one, he's number one A or one B. However, you'll have it. He's not outside the top two. And just how many great fights was he in? He was epitomized the role of enforcer. He he was awesome. I I don't know how you can like hockey fights and just fight pop over. Well, I think I think that's sort of the yeah. It's almost like oh exactly, and it's almost I think with Probert, I think maybe the answer becomes it, it sort of goes without saying that he's everyone's favorite. So I'll just give you another name. But everyone likes Probert. It's like one of those things, right? I, you know, but, yeah. uh, you know, maybe that's it. But McGratton, well, it's, it's kind of a, well, you're kind of a younger dude, though. I mean, you know, um, I feel like a senior yeah. citizen talking to this young kid here. So I, but Brian oh, McGratton, there you go. I mean, well, did you watch yeah. McGratton play? Oh, I never, I don't think I've ever asked you this. I mean, uh, you say you're a Windsor guy and stuff. Like, did you go to, did you go to Spitfire games growing up and shit? Were you like an OHL guy? I, I was not a big OHL guy. I, I went to a few – I went to some Spitfire games, only I think maybe one or two when he would have been playing. Yeah. More after he had been in the – he'd gone pro or whatever. So I never never say – I can't say I saw him live. But I like I said, I'm a Windsor guy, so I'm in Ontario, and I'm not a Maple Leaf fan. So when, when Grant came up with Ottawa and – he started going through the Leafs, and for a guy who dislikes the Leafs, it was it was a pleasure to watch, <laughs> and uh, and I'll, and just honestly too, just uh, watching like his fights as uh, he got into the league, and I started learning a bit more about him and how prodigious he was in the AHL and, and coming up, and just like oh my goodness, this guy isn't in a bad fight, and he, yeah. He seems like he loves it. Like, yep. It was a. Uh, I feel like he was kind of. Eh, I, I maybe a little too much to say, but I feel like he was kind of like the pervert of his generation, where he just seemed to like just always have good fights, always did 
pretty well. And, you know, he was a, you know, yeah, he, you know, he had a few speed bumps, but he was just, he was a great watch. And I, I never, I, I was always a big fan of his. His so. generation's pro. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, I would. Yeah, him or, I would say Bugard, but I mean, just unfortunately with Bugard, it was just sort of cut short, right? So it's like, I would say with McGrath for the longevity and how he came up and, yeah, no, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm with you on that. I would have, and I, yeah. I always said with the, you know, everybody loves, oh, they're top 10 of all time and all that and everyone likes to throw their stuff around. I would probably have McGrath in my top 10 of all time. He might be 10, but he'd be around my, t- yeah. my 9, 10, 11, 12 mark. I'd have him around that around there i believe yeah you know um oh man like he was awesome i I I agree with you he was awesome oh yeah oh and like you look at like who he fought like over and over bugard or goddard mack and like bashir like he and he fought everybody that was around at his time and that's not even counting like the minors he like what do you have 500 550 minutes one year like he was he was an animal, and he was, and like I said too, like he wasn't standing there wrestling with like wrestling with guys. He would stand back, throw him wide open, right in the pocket, going toe to toe. He was, he was awesome. I I, I just loved watching him fight. So, and like I said, like, like you said, actually, I'm I'm a bit younger, so I I was I was starting to get into this when he was breaking into the into the NHL. So uh, I'll I'll stick with him. But even at that time period, like it's um, kind of that late '90s. Well, not late '90s, even just that early 2000s and up. That was a pretty strong group coming up, though. I mean, you get your Goddards, your Orr, McGratton, yep. Bugard, McIntyre. I mean, that's a pretty strong mm-hmm. crop of guys, you know, coming up, and that's like, oh, yeah. you know, they're, they're, that was kind of like the last boom, right? The last kind of gold rush before it was all over. Yeah, there's a McLaren. There's another yeah, guy. You know, Lucic, I mean, Lucic was 06, 07, you know, he's a little younger, but I mean, still in that group, I mean, it's the lot, Reeves, um, you know, that was kind of the last run of guys. Uh, Mar- well, Marasti, I mean, never made the NHL, but I mean, Marasti was in that age group, and, uh, yeah. you know, so, oh yeah, anyway. so I mean, I know everybody likes to, like, oh, the gold, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s, that's, you know, after that, it sucked. Uh, I'd maybe say about... 2010 ish on maybe sucked, but yeah. 2000 like to 2010 first... sure didn't suck. That didn't suck. No, no, no. Hey, like I always kind of put it like, like obviously McGrath kind of came in after that lock lockdown year, but I mean it was still like there was still some dudes for a few years after that. It wasn't really, it didn't really start going downhill until a little while after. So he had. You know, he had his pick of, you know, every place, yep. everywhere he went. He had, yeah, he could find a dance partner if he wanted. And I think and even uh, later after that, I mean, you start, even you get in the Anthony Peluso, Luke Gazdick. I mean, those guys yeah. are really good, too. Fraser McLaren. Yeah, and Fraser McLaren. Like, those guys are really good. You know, I mean, it was a oh, brief, yeah. kind of the brief run because they didn't have a lot. Or Pierre-Luc LeBlanc and guys like that. I mean, you know, that's, right. you know, that's right. pretty solid, too. So, you know, yeah, it was that kind of later in, uh, now I said 2010, maybe my cutoff should be about 2015 and on maybe. Nah, it started kind of going downhill before then, but, you know, but 
Yeah, no, the 2000s definitely had dudes, man. Trevor Gillies, there's another guy. He was involved in that. Yablonski. I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. so. Cam Jansen. Yeah. So, solid. Solid. Well, there we go. We're off to a hot start here. Well, like I was saying, on the flip side, I got to go. Got to ask, who's your most hated? Now, I always I always say with the hated thing, I mean, we're not, like, wishing death on anyone here. I mean, but, you know, yeah. I go favorite hated. I got to just use the, it's just a word. But who, mm-hmm. yeah, who did you not like? We'll put it that way. There we go. Hated's a strong word. But. Um, okay. You know, he's a guy I hate, and I, and I don't know. I don't have a great reason for hating him, but for some reason, I just felt like every time he fought, I was going for the other guy. And I mean. <laughs> Like anyone else. Yep. And that would be Tom Sestito. There you go. That's it. And I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. You, well, I I, I've said that on this show a bunch of times. We'll be talking about someone there. I'll mention a guy's name and be like, yeah, I just, I didn't like him. I don't know why. But growing up, it's like, well, it was, that was my thing with Nyland. Like growing up when I first got into yeah. tapes and was watching it or watching the games, I didn't, I hated Nyland. Don't ask me why. But I, it's not like I had some personal experience with him and it was terrible. No, I just didn't like him. No. And, you know, I, yep. I, and there's lots of guys like that. Lyle Oldline. There's another one. I'm like, I don't know why I never liked him. I just didn't for some reason. Mm-hmm. But I can't yep. tell you why. But Tom Sestito, there you go. Yeah. I, I, I've, heard, I've heard some other, like, former players say the same thing. Like, there's just something about him they didn't like or whatever, but, like, like you said, like, hate him, too strong a word. Like, if I, in fact, if I could clone Tom Cicito and drop 10 of him into the NHL yes. right now, I'd do it without a second thought. <laughs> Absolutely. But, like, but like you said, like, I don't know, it's just something, like, he just seemed kind of like, I, 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 I can't put my finger on it, but I no. just, I found myself always just like, I hope the guy he's fighting wins. <laughs> yeah. So. No, I get, yeah, I have a yeah, bunch of guys I, like that. Oh, yeah. Watch an old fight, Alan May. Yeah. There was another one. I never liked Alan May. Yeah. I do now. I didn't then watching those tapes. I didn't. Ty Domi. Hated Ty Domi when he was with the Rangers. Yeah. Uh, he started growing oh, on me in Winnipeg. You know? Yep. Yeah. And it was just like, yeah. yeah. I, now I admit, like, I, <coughs> I jumped on the bandwagon, and, like, when I first started getting into hockey fights, and I hated Bashir and, you know, didn't like him. But, like, now it's just, you know, hey, he, and, you know, I, I can admit, like, he was a great fighter, top ten all time. I don't know how you could say otherwise. And he's, I, I don't know, like he just did his job. Like obviously, there's still some things about him I don't like. I, I just, I don't like him now. But like, I couldn't say like I hate the guy. And if he fought Cestillo, I'd, I'd be pulling for Bashir to win. So there you go. Oh, I, I, I yeah, I've always said that. like I can't stand. I don't like Bashir at all. But at the same time, I've always said, yeah. oh, Brady, I know you're listening. My boy Brady's listening. Him and I argue about this on text all the time because he's one of these guys that can't stand Brashear, which I get. I totally understand. But he's also of this Brashear sucked. And I'm like, he didn't suck. He's the top 10 of all time. No. I don't care what you yeah. say. So Brady and I will argue about this. But, I mean, I've argued with many people about this. I get why you don't like him. That's fine. I don't like him either. But you got to give the devil his due. And he had a run there in his prime that's almost unmatched by anybody. About you could count on one yeah. hand how many losses he had. 
And it took until he was 38 years old for someone to drop him. You know, Belak finally got him at the end, but it's like, okay, that ain't happening in this prime. So, and I mean, how many people can say that too? Like, not many. So, I mean, I I don't know. I think, uh, well, this is sort of leading into my third question, because my third question was, who have you done a 180 on? Who have I done a 180 on? Well, because you know um, from listening to the show and from listening to other people, Brashear is yeah. mostly the answer with most of these people. Yeah. You know? I'll give you two answers. One that goes both ways. A guy I I liked and then grew to dislike, and one I dislike and grew to like. All right. We'll start with that, and that would be Jody Shelley. And now to preface that, I'm a Sharks fan. And the reason I got into hockey fighting in the first place was Jody Shelley – mugged Brad Stewart in a game and there's no response. All the Sharks had was, you know, Scott Thorne and Todd Harvey or Brian Marshall. Like they didn't really have, they didn't have a tough guy, at least not in Shelley's league. And so, you know, Shelley, I think Thorne ended up fighting Shelley. Shelley won. And there was a whole regime change in San Jose and Doug Wilson came in and he said, that's not going to happen again. And he got Scott Parker. And Parker went out, fought Shelly a few times the next year. So I, as I was getting in hockey fights, Shelly was the villain. He was the bad guy. And then, as life is ironic at times, Shelly ends up becoming a shark a few years later. And then, you know, softened towards him. And then I start looking back on his career, and I'm like, this guy's all right. Like, he's a really, he just does his job. He's a solid fighter. He's not, you know, he's not, you know, elite, I would say. But, man, he showed up. He did his job. He carved out a really, really good career for himself. And he was a a good enforcer. He was a tough guy. He won some. He lost some. But you can't deny his toughness. And so I I grew to really like Jody Shelley in the end. And I, I would say I'm a big fan of his now. And... On the other end of the spectrum, the guy I really liked coming up was Dan Carcillo. And now I can't stand him. <laughs> and uh yeah. not just for all the off ice stuff, but like like he came up with the coyotes or whatever, at least like in the NHL. And you know, he's this this young guy, kinda wild and crazy, he's got the hair going and like he's a fun fighter, he just seems always looking for it. And I'm like, this guy's this guy's awesome. I, I really dig this guy. He's not a not a heavyweight or nothing, but man, he he's, he's after it for sure. And then I I still think when he went to Philly the the next year or whatever, and obviously like you, you see a guy like him and how he plays, you think like, oh, Flyer fans are gonna love this guy. And I think it kind of went to his head, and he started playing a little. Like, doing, like, weird, like, I, I don't know. Like, again, like, I don't know if I can describe it perfectly, but I just feel like it went through his head. He started getting popular because now all the fans love him. And the, I remember even, too, I think it was when they made the uh, cup run. They compared him to Dave Schultz because he had the, the mustache going and the missing teeth. And it was like, dude, this guy's just a, he's a, he's just a rat. Like, and he didn't cut back on the fighting a lot. You know, I know he has to say about, like, why now? And, 
you know, that's fine. He can have, he can say what he likes, but like, I just, I feel like, a, like maybe a year or two after he went to Philly and then I know he bounced around a bit after that, but like, I was like, this guy could retire now. I wouldn't miss him. Like, so, but when he first came up with Phoenix and I, I thought this guy's awesome. Well, yeah, Carcillo is an interesting case because, of course, him and I have had our we had our big run in on Twitter and had our battles and whatever, had our words with each other um, and blocked each other and all that stuff. So I I was always have a jaded and and his kind of his his life after hockey and his mission here with everything. Um, Not that I have. I get what his message is. I understand what he's trying to do. And it's not that I disagree with what he's trying to do. I don't like how he goes about doing it is my issue with him. And I think he's full of shit about a lot of things, but, um, Mm. and he's doing a lot of grandstanding. I think I've noticed, I think he's really calmed down. I haven't really heard, I haven't heard him in the news lately too much. I think he's sort of backed out of that and, you know, gone on with other things. But for a while there, I know he was front and center and I know a lot of guys like Bissonette and them actually, cause they were friends with him and stuff, but they kind of called him out on a bunch of his shit and, uh, he didn't yeah. really have too much I, to say about it. So, yeah, no, I, I remember, I think this kind of put him in his place was like, yeah, you know, for all you're preaching now, you, you kind of are preaching against who you were at the beginning. Like, well, it's like the, the, the kind know? of the, he lives in glass house, right? Don't throw stones. So, you know, and it yeah. was, uh, and yeah, and his background was a little shady. Not, not that he didn't own it, he did, but at the same time, yeah, yeah, there was, I don't know, but I think they caught him lying about a bunch of stuff too, and it was just, yeah, yeah. and I think he sort of faded away, but, um, okay. anyway, what was the point I was trying to make? Oh, oh, yeah, so, well, again, kind of that, that 2000s when we got into that later 08, 09, 2000, like during his career was kind of like really when I stopped watching hockey. So I didn't actually know yeah. a lot about him. Like I'd heard the name. I'd seen mm. some of his fights, obviously on social media, they come across my feed. I see them. Um, and I don't know why I was doing it, but one night I actually kind of went down a rabbit hole and I kind of started watching some of his fights and I was like, yeah, God damn, he's all right. The little shit's actually better than I thought he was. I always kind of thought yeah. he was kind of a ratty type. Well, I know he was, but I kind of thought he was like, I didn't think he was, I thought he was more of like a Matt Cook type is kind of what I thought. Yeah. And then maybe, yeah. and that's maybe what he ended up being. But when he first had like those 300 minute years in like the American League and then when he was up with Phoenix, um, like, I mean, he had that really good fight with Thornton at the outdoor game and, you know, and it was like, yeah, this guy's pretty good actually with a pretty good, uh, yeah, like you said, he'd open up and go toe to toe. Like, I mean, yeah. you know, ah, he was all right. No, he, he was he was a good fighter, but like like I said, like I I feel like something like the fame and the celebrity of being like that guy with the flyers, and obviously those fans just going to eat it up. Like, kind of like it got to his head, and it just it, it changed him in a way that never really, it never he never went back to what he was before that when yeah. he was kind of in relative obscurity and. Phoenix, Arizona. There we go. So, hey, that was good. That was, that was uh, the 180 both ways. There you go. There, that's a first for the show. All right. Um, well, I've heard the last. I've heard a few of these episodes, so I kind of every time I heard you ask that question, other people, I was kind of thinking, what have I done a 180 on? So, I've, 
I've been asking myself that question a few times in the last few weeks. So, Well, there you go. Preparation is key. All right. Well, number four, uh, dream matchup. It could be from any any era, whatever, but some a fight that you would have loved to would love to see. Um, gosh, I'm gonna say um, uh, I got a few going through my head right now. It's hard to just pick pick one out. I mean, I guess McGrath and Colbert would be the easy answer because they're my two favorites, and they were yeah. both excellent fighters. But I'm gonna go. I'll go a little off the board in that from that. I'm going to say Cam Jansen and Darren Langdon because I think that fight could probably last ten minutes. <laughs> oh yeah, that would actually. Yeah, that would be that'd be something. That one. Yeah, yeah. You have you have you have Cam Jansen being the kind of high energy, waving at the crowd, you know, barking away or whatever, and Langdon just just standing there all tactfully, like just trying to pick him apart or whatever. Like I, I don't know. It's something about that. I think that I, I'm a big fan of both those guys too. Yep. I, I, I love Sam Jansen. I love Darren Lane. And I know he's not everybody's cup of tea, but I just I love that uh, the the tactical way he he would go about his fights and how he could overcome a usually a like a his inferior physical gifts, uh, so to say, and and be able to beat guys who were a lot, lot more talented than he was, put it that way. And so I think those two guys going to have to be would be a good sight. I agree. That would be. I yep, totally. Uh, all right, number five. Um, well, I know you're an old. Well, we'll get into your YouTube page in a second here, but I know you're an old. You're an old fight guy. You collect the footage and stuff, and and have a have a booming YouTube page. Um, <laughs> So as you're watching your footage, and I know you're a message board guy and everything else back in the day, um, and we all have, uh, what do you call it, guilty pleasures in life. Who would be your guilty pleasure? Because I, I know on the old message board days and stuff like that we're talking, we're, you know, we're not, uh, you know, we're not, not that we were making fun of guys, but there was, there was, there was guys that were always sort of like, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of not well thought of, or they, you know, oh, he was a bit of a catcher or whatever, you know, whatever. But yeah, I'd be sitting there and be like, yeah, but I'm a fan of that guy. Like, see my personal one, like, like Peluso. People always like to shit up. Oh, he had no balance and he was whatever. I was a big fan of Mike Peluso. I liked Peluso. Now again, I'm not saying, oh, Peluso was off. Like, although if, if Mike Peluso played now, he'd be goddamn King Kong. But I mean, you know, but oh, yeah. yeah, his balance was kind of shitty. But he'd throw wild shots. He'd fight everybody. I was always down with Mike Peluso, but he was a bit of a yeah. catcher without a doubt. So I guess that's kind of where I'm going with this question. Who would be your guilty okay. pleasure? I'm gonna say, uh, oh man, this is a super guilty pleasure. I'm gonna say Sean Cronin. What? Because... Oh well, William Chipway. Oh, just became. This is his favorite episode now. Uh did you talk to him before this got going? I think Chippeway still oh, has like not. barbarian posters and stuff. Oh, you you Winnipeg guys. I, I no, I did not I did not talk to William. And uh But I, I think the thing about Conan was like I mean I I, I know like I went through a, an old uh Jets D V D I had or whatever and he he fought like thirty something times that year. And I swear like half of these fights are over within like five seconds. Yeah. Like by the time the camera gets to us, they're on the ground and the refs are breaking up. And I'm like, 
okay, he didn't KO all these guys. He didn't get KO'd either. So, like, they just fell or something. He took him down or got taken down. And, like, you, you kind of see, like, yeah, he was a bit of a takedown artist. But I think what I, like, the two things that kind of, what kind of make me softer on him and maybe look better on him than maybe I should is, like, when he wanted to throw, he could throw, man. Like, he, he had some good fights with Dave Brown, yep. Stu Grimson. Like, he, he could go when he wanted to. And I, you know, actually, like, like I was telling you earlier, I was listening to, um, I've been listening to some of uh, Joe Zito's interview with uh, Mick Lakota. And even he said, you know, sometimes I, like he said, like, obviously he's well known for, you know, doing the grab the pants, take the guy down, end the fight. And he said, you know, sometimes I just wasn't into it. And, but it needed to happen. So I would just go and try to end it, you know, pretty quick. I didn't want to, I wasn't really angry. I didn't really want to fight this guy, but I knew I had to. So it was just a business decision. I like getting older now. I, I understand it, even though it's not the greatest thing as a, as a fantasy. So like, I kind of like begrudgingly respect that. Like, you know, maybe he just wasn't into it at that time and, I don't know if that makes it. I don't know if that's the reason for all of them. But then the other thing too is kind of like I I appreciate the fact that at least there was one guy at that time period where every team had two or three guys who kind of had like a style into his own. Like you know what I mean? Like there was yeah. something that set him apart from everyone else. He wouldn't just grab on with the left. I'm going to throw some jersey jabs. I'm going to throw some big looping lights. And that's how I fight. And it's like, well, that's how eight out of ten guys fight. And the other two guys are lefties. It's like, no, like he would, it's what he tried to do. And if he wanted to beat him, try to not let that happen. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Bluso had bad balance. Some guys were a bit more like wrestlers or whatever. But, like, Hunter had the, the cross grip. And Langdon would try to tie you out. Like, I, I appreciate the fact that some guys had something that set them apart from the rest of the I agree. Heavy yep. weights around the league. Styles make fights. So like kind of, yeah. Yeah. So it kind of like, you know what? I, I'm, I'm okay with Sean Tonin. Like, he yeah. could go when he wanted to. He didn't go as much as I would have wanted him to, but at least, like, I know, like, yeah, that's Cronin's game. He, will, he can try to take you down and end the fight as quickly as possible. Yep. Like, yeah, you know I mean, going in. Yeah, it's interesting you bring up the Styles thing. No, I agree with you because it's like, you know, I mean, everybody, oh yeah, okay, everybody wants fucking Morasti Bosse. Well, that's not realistic, yeah. right? Like, most people don't fight like exactly. that, you know, but I can, I love the fact they did. And like Mel Engelstad fought like that and stuff like that. They're wide open guys that swing, Jeff Odgers, stuff like that. But then I can also, right. like you said, with the Langdon, the technician, right? Switching, Serge Robert, switching hands like that and ducking down and oh, yep. he's a wrestler. Well, he's not really wrestling, he's cross. Like, he'll open up when he has to. Mick Sorley had his own style. Probert had his own style. I mean, yeah, that, right. that was always the cool thing back then. Like, you, yeah, like you said Pelusa with the wild punches, right? And, yeah, he might slip. He might not. If he, As he's slipping, he's going to throw a real good one. Tony Twist basically just, like, spazzing and, like, just ragdolling guys while he's throwing right hammers. And, yeah, I mean, there was always that, yeah, like you said, styles, right? And everything was different, which yeah. which was a cool thing. But I, the Cronin stuff, I always laugh. I always laugh with the Cronin thing because, man, oh man, you talk to dudes in Winnipeg at that time, 
Oh, they loved him. They loved him in Winnipeg. I mean, if it, William, all those guys in Winnipeg, Jason Goulet and shit, they always talk about uh, Cronin the Barbarian. And I always used to laugh because it was like, because I was like, because oh, growing up, you're like, oh, the guy's terrible. But then you go back and you yeah. watch and it's like, yeah, I mean, he had his moments. It's like, oh, my God. But then other times, like you said, right, you watch the fights with Dave Brown. I mean, he obviously had power. Clearly, he had power, yeah. And it was just oh, like, yeah. all right, you know, and you know, you get the Yofa helmet out there, and you know, whatever. And it's just like, yeah, yeah I, I can get I, his whatever. fight card was really good. I mean, there was he never, yeah. It's not like he spot picked or anything. I mean, you know, so no. I mean, oh, I mean, like you said, I I kill to have ten fucking Cronin and the Barbarians playing nowadays. You know, so yeah, um, yeah. There, interesting answer. Oh, Williams just pumped now. There we go. You got his attention anyway. Well, I met, I mentioned it um, before. Um, I Well, I should have mentioned this, pardon me, before we got going. But um, you have a YouTube channel. and uh, I do, yeah. Yeah, John. So it's uh, J-O-H-N, uh, Cernic, uh, well, S-R-N-E-C, 7596. Jesus, John, could you make it even harder to come up with a YouTube channel uh, name? But I... <laughs> Yeah. Why didn't you I just call yourself like yeah. Shelly fan and then or something like I yeah, that probably would have been better. I actually tried to use my old uh, DYG uh thing. What was well, what was your handle on DYG? I went by a sarcastic pillow. There's a story behind that. But oh, that's you? I remember well, I remember that name. I remember I sarcastic that cuz that name actually cracked me up. Oh, that was you. I never asked you that before. Sarcastic Pillow. I know yeah. the folks out there are going to remember that. You were all over that site. Yeah, man. I dude, I was on that site all the time. I mean, I was young. I was in high school, college. Like I had loads of free time, so I would just Yeah, man. I'd, Go home and stay up late, just watch fights, write reviews. And I think like I got like a weird, um, I don't know, like I got a weird sense of accomplishment about it. And like, I kind of thought, and I'm not, I'm not patting myself on the back. But I'm like, I'm kind of pretty good at this. Like, I don't mind like watching a fight over and over and trying to like deduce every single thing that happens. So, you know, I, I put a bit of effort in and, you know, some people appreciate it. I'm sure some people thought I was out to lunch, but you know, I I had fun doing it, but yeah, I think I uh, I probably spent a little more time on it than I should have at the, at that moment in my life. But yeah, I mean, we, it all worked out. Yeah, we were all like that. I mean, I was the same with fried chicken when I first found it way back in the you know late nineties, early two thousands. I mean, you know, come home from work and you would jump right on it, and oh yeah, you spend lots of time, hours and hours reading the threads and everything, and adding your two cents and. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, man. Oh, I completely get you with those fight boards back then. But yeah, Sarcastic Pillow, that's hilarious because I can remember that name. Um, yeah. I always thought the name was really funny. Okay. Um, but yes, your YouTube channel, you have 1,000 subscribers. You have 7,000 videos on here. You got some great created playlists. You got a Probert and a McKay and, and everything. Um, yeah. I dig the channel, man. And it's like YouTube channel dedicated to hockey fights from before the 0405 lockout. So for the folks out there listening, I will put a link in the description of this podcast. So subscribe to John's channel and check it out because I can tell you I have there's been many nights I have gone to this channel and hit play all and dozed off as the fights were going. Um, 
Yes, you have some. You have, I appreciate and, that, Darren. Well, and your quality is really good. Um, you know, so uh, yeah, and you got good shit on here, man. I mean, you want to talk about heavyweight Thank matchups you. and everything else? Like right at the start here, you got like a whole bunch of probert shit, and uh, you're very thorough with your videos. Thank you. I, I, yeah, I try to be pretty thorough and go through a guy's career or a team season or whatever. And yeah, doing a Bob Pover right now. I was kind of saving it for a good time. And yeah, decided to start doing him now. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, what do we got like on your playlist? Bob Probert. Yeah, 104 videos. So yeah, you're cruising along here pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still in the early 90s. So I probably got another 150 to go. Yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah, but the quality is really good. And, uh, but yeah, you got lots of stuff. Like you said, right? Montreal, like 95, 96. You got the whole season here. And, um, yeah. Yeah. I got to send you a few more DVDs. I, like, I got some shit that you could throw on here. Um, but the I point of all this, like I said, folks, I know you are. And I, I've actually been actually all summer. I was so busy. I was lousy at that for a while. I was sending out. I'd upload the DVDs and I was doing that for a, for a while there, but I've, I've gotten away from it, but I got to get, now that winter's here and I'm hopefully going to have some time, I'll be able to, uh, I'll go through my shit and I'll upload some stuff and send it to you. So we're not up, well, upload the DVD and send it to you, but, um, where's my, where's my, oh, number six. Yes. So this actually set this question. I had to set up for the YouTube channel, but, uh, like I said, you're a video guy, footage guy. What is your what would be your holy grail of footage? Oh man. That's a great question. A holy grail of footage. Um Well, while you're thinking about it, I could throw out see what my answer to that has been either Bob Probert yeah. Jr. footage, OHL footage from Probert, right. or like being here in Saskatoon. Um, I would love to see, cause I have twist and chase. I have some of their stuff from the junior, but I would love before that, just the couple of years before that was like coaster and Dave Brown. And there is no WHL footage of those guys. There's one really brief Joey coaster fight on video from junior. Other than that, there isn't anything. So that would be my Holy grail it would be the old blades footage with Brown and coaster and Wendell Clark and, uh, or Bob Probert OHL footage. That would be my, my holy grail footage. Okay. Um, is there's one fight in particular that stands out as one I, I don't believe anybody has any footage of and I've only ever heard whether it was some reporters who were at the game or, or the team website, whatever you that it was an amazing fight. There was a I think a fight it was a two thousand six preseason between Todd Fedork and Scott Parker. When Parker was with San Jose, Fedor was with Anaheim. And I heard that was just an absolute war. And they went forever. And I just remember hearing about that and those two guys and how they fought wide open. And just tough, tough man. That one I would love to see. But as far as, like... That's as inter- as well, that's I, interesting because they used to be teammates in Kelowna back in the day too in junior they played with each other in Kelowna. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's I, I yeah, I don't know. I've never heard of that fight. Um that's interesting. I, I remember yeah, I mean I like I heard some stuff that I, you know, you know was exaggerated. Like, I I remember one, I think the Ducks website said, "Yeah, they fought for 4 minutes." And I'm like, "Yeah, okay, yeah, sure they did." But like 
they kid, but they probably park for a long time. And, you know, that was one I was kind of like, man, if I, if I could have been there, <laughs> uh, that probably would have been something to see. I'm sure it was a great fight. Knowing those two, and they always, they seem to always put on good fights. So I'll, I'll stick with that answer. There you go. That's good. That's good. I dig it. Yeah. All right. Um, number seven. We'll, we'll go back to the old, uh, you know, when you're on social media, message boards, that type of thing, back when we used to talk about all this stuff. Who do you always feel, who do you feel for, by fight fans was overrated? Like, you'd watch his footage and you're like, yeah, I just don't see it. What's everybody talking about here? Who is overrated? That's the question. Uh, um, that's a hard question. It is. Yep. I feel like every guy, like, if you ever go down the rabbit hole, you can find a, a begrudging respect for them. Yeah. I think, like, you know what? They weren't that bad. Yeah. But as far as overrated goes, um, oh, boy. Wow. This is tough. <laughs> got to think of something. Um, wow. Okay. Who, guys, you, who, who was yours? Because I, I need a minute to think about this. Well, we the, the answer I would give, and actually, and, it, and it's not original because – uh, a bunch of guys have said it on here. The older guys, Fatio is the one that always gets mentioned a lot. That's I think that the most, yeah, the most that I've, um, most of the guys I've asked have uh, have said. I'm trying to think who else. What the other answers have been? Fatio was one of them. Um, uh, man, I can't remember now. I'm trying to think what the other answers were. Um, well, another one that I that I'll say I'll throw out there. And I've mentioned on the show before, uh, is Troy Crowder. I don't right. get the I don't get the Crowder thing. I said he was great for four fights, but everybody talks like yeah. like he had some. And I'm not knocking Troy Crowder. This isn't a knock on him, but it's like everybody like when I do the Probert tournaments and stuff like this, and it's like, oh, I had people literally like trash talking me because I didn't have Troy Crowder in the tournament. Like, why would I have Crowder in the tournament? He had four good fights in his life. And, I mean, meanwhile, I got guys that in this tournament that played, like, 10 and 15 years. And you're talking about a guy that yeah. had basically one good season? Like, you know, he had his two fights with, like, his fights with Probert, the one punch of Chikrin, and beating up Craig Cox. What other yeah. great What other great fights did Troy Crowder have? Really? I mean, oh, I'm not saying he was bad, but I mean, he got he gets dropped by Kimball. I mean, he got like, and then he fight. He, I mean, he fought Domi, he fought Barubi. None of those fights were that great. I mean, they were okay, but he wasn't winning them. Fought Jay Miller, didn't really win that. Like, I'm not saying he lost, but it was just sort of a pedestrian effort. He's there, but I mean, but this idea that he gets talked about in just these like hushed tones, like, oh yeah, Troy Crowder. It's like. I don't know. Like, I mean, unfortunately, you know, he had injuries there. I mean, I get it. Again, this, yeah. isn't, this isn't an indictment of Troy Crowder. I'm not trying to shit all over him. I'm not at all. But I just think it's no, like, no. I think the over years, I think history's sort of been revisionist a little bit. And it's like, he was he was a shooting star. We'll put it that way. And, uh, you know, right. I think if he hadn't got hurt in the back, and I don't think, I don't think he was really ever into the role. Like, I think... He's said that numerous times that his heart really wasn't in it either. Mm. So, 
<clears throat> but he had all the tools. He had the size and the punching power. And I mean, that punch with like the one punch at Chikrin, that's one of the most vicious hockey punches ever. Oh, yeah. You know, like, you know, and, uh, yeah. so I mean, I get it, but it's like, I don't know. I, I, I think he's overrated by people, but there, there, that and Fatio and off the top of my head, those are the two that I can come up with. It's a tough question. Though. It is a tough question. You know, I'll say one guy who I always, I'm not saying they were a bad fighter and people thought they were good or they were a good fighter and people thought they were great. But I think one guy I always kind of thought his career is very much cut in half between the, the first half where he was really good, solid guy, liked him a lot. And then the back nine of their career where they really weren't anything. And it wasn't of their fault of their own. Like injuries caught up with them. I'd say Gino Ogic. Like there's some people I felt like they kind of talked about him. Like he was one of the best. Like, yeah. And I mean, he was great. He was a great enforcer and he was a really good fighter too. But I kind of felt like, you know, after his first four or five years with Vancouver, especially after he left Vancouver, but even like his last couple of years there, like, you know, he didn't, he fell. He started he hot, fighting. but he fell off really quick. Yeah, and yeah. like I get it. Like he's a he's a cult hero there. He spent a lot of time in Vancouver. Like yeah. I, I get all that. And I'm down with that too. And he, you know, he had some some great fights, really memorable moments. And he, he was a. I would I would dare say he was a better enforcer than he was a fighter. Yeah, he would cross the line. Yeah, send a message. We protected Burray. Yep, like. I agree with that. I'm all good with all that. Yep. But I kind of felt like, you know, after the, like, from the mid-90s on, like, and like I said, too, like, I know, like, he dealt with injuries. He really didn't play a whole lot after he left Vancouver. But, like, I just didn't really see it with him. Like, I felt like kind of, even, like, some of the stuff he did was kind of greasy. I mean, like, the sucker punch on him. It was Todd Harvey. Yeah. Like, I don't, I never heard anything about, like, what Harvey would have done to deserve that. And, uh, I just was a, yeah. So I'll, I'll just say it. But like, I, I like Gino. Like he, I'm down with OJ. He was a good, he was a good enforcer. He, he had some good fights. Oh yeah. I but mean, I've, I've, I've had that discussion. I've like, had that discussion with the Vancouver boys, with Tony and Napes and those guys. And I've said the same thing yeah. too about Gino. I'm like, I never really got it. I mean, I never thought he was that great. He was a good, like you said, a good enforcer. I, I don't know how good of a fighter he was. He was all right. I would never, yeah. I would never put him in the top of the league or anything. I never thought he was that good. No. And there's some, there's no. some omissions on his fight card, but although it takes two to yeah. fight. So, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, you know, I think, yeah. I think like guys like him, uh, like Mick Fukuda, Rob Way, like when you play in one place for a long time, you start getting like a legend about you. You know what I yeah. mean? Yep. Like, you become so endeared to the fans there that they they'll always kind of see you in a better light, always kind of speak higher of you than they otherwise would have had you played somewhere else. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I'm not, and again, I'm not knocking these guys. I'm a fan of all of them, but yeah, I think like going, especially like going into like the hockey fighting hobby and like hearing some of the stuff I heard about Gene Ojek, I kind of thought, like, you know, he's all right. <laughs> you know, I kind of was a little let down, I 
think, by what I actually saw versus what I heard. Yep. So fair I'll, enough. I'll say him. Okay. Well, that was a long way to get to that. You know, we went around the elbow to get to your wrist for that answer, but we'll see how this one goes. On the other on the other end of the coin, underrated. Who is underrated in your mind? Tony hates this question when I ask this question. If you're a fight fan, they're not underrated. You should know. Because people will say, like, Jim McKenzie, right? And I'll see Tony online. What do you mean Jim McKenzie's underrated? Everyone knows how good he was. I know what Tony's saying, but at the same time, (laughs) I think a lot of casual fight fans, like you said, there are certain people that just fly under the radar from regardless of maybe they were just understated as fighters. They weren't flashy. Yeah. They played in like, cause the ants, cause normally, um, well, I might probably just kill your answer here. The common answer is always Paul Laws, right? And it's like, well, I yeah. I was about to say. Yeah. Well, he's out in like, Florida. The answer when I got into the hobby was Jim McKenzie. Yeah. And now appears the answer is now Paul Laws. Yeah. Well, we're like Tim and I were saying, I think Laws gets mentioned so many times. I think it's, well, not that he's overrated, but I think he's maybe moved away from that now. But I think at the time when he was playing, yeah, you're out in Florida, the games are late, no one really sees you. So, you know, you have Warrell there, so now you got someone also taking your spot, you're sharing your spotlight. So it's like, but so Laws, I think, flew under the radar for guys. For from for some, yeah. like, hardcore fight fans, no, they all know who he was. But I think for other people, right. maybe growing up at the late, little later on, like you say, from that time period, when you mentioned people's names, Laws' name really doesn't come up. Unless someone out of the blue says Paul Laws, then everybody goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but initially right. it doesn't get mentioned. Right. Same thing in like the 90s, no. right? Oh, it's Probert and Brown, Domi and Twist. No one ever says Jim McKenzie. But then they fall, all of yeah. a sudden somebody says, oh, well, Jimmy Mack. Oh, fuck, yeah, yeah, McKenzie. And everybody nods and agrees. No right. one's like, oh, no. No, everyone will agree, but he's not somebody that's on the tip of your tongue, right? And Laws and McKenzie were kind of right. like that. So I guess that's where the underrated part comes in. Sorry, no, I, I stepped I all over your answer, you know, but that's kind of been the no, two names. No. no, I like it. I like it because I, I thought the same thing. I'm like, I want to think, yeah, like Paul Laws is now the answer. When I got into the hobby, Jim McKenzie was the answer. Who's underrated? Yeah. But for me, I'm going to go, again, a bit more into my era, the 2000s. I'm going to say Wade Belak. That is a great fucking answer. I completely, and I, who did I, fuck, are you reading my notes here? I said that to somebody the other, who was it? I might have been when I was at work. But I said, yeah, Wade Belak, exactly. Because everybody in Toronto was always about Domi. Yeah. I was going to say, I swear I didn't, I have not heard any, or I don't remember anybody saying Belak for that answer. No. Like you said, like, kind of lived in Domi's shadow for a few years. And, you know, like, he did have a bit of a time where I think he was a bit kind of lackluster. He was a big guy, and he seemed kind of <sighs> be a little gun-shy or whatever when he got into it. But, like, man, he had a real solid run. And like I said, too, like, at the earlier on, I'm not a – I'm a, I live in Ontario, and I'm not a Leafs fan. Therefore, I must hate the Leafs. So I was never, like, a big d guy. But looking back, like, man, he was – a really good fighter, and he was he was tough, and he fought everybody at that time. Well, for sure, the Gratton, Bugard, or like he fought everybody. And then like he he never did a bad job. He rarely got embarrassed, and he had some he had some big wins like the 
like the Bashir one you mentioned earlier. Like he he's the only guy who maybe the only guy who could put his hand up and say, Yep, I I put Bashir down. I know obviously he's passed away now, but yeah. But yeah, well, and I think the thing with Belak that that I always was impressed with Wade. Well, plus it was fun to watch Wade because I watched him since he was sixteen because he's from Saskatoon, right? So I yeah. watched him since he was a junior. So I watched him develop and go all the way and watched his NHL career. So it was fun to see that development and how far he came. And yeah, when he first got up in Colorado and stuff or Quebec, I guess he was initially drafted by the Nordiques, but and you know, and then he was in Colorado. Eh, you know, he's learning. Not really great. A lot of wrestling. Yeah. You know, gets to Calgary. Same thing. A little kind of slower going. He's not getting beat up, but he's not really, like, killing guys. He's just kind of there. But he's big guy learning. Mm-hmm. But when he gets to Toronto, that's kind of where he really started going. But the one I was going to say with Wade that I was always really impressed with, I was always say big Belak was a, he was a big, he, uh, he was a big time fighter. When the names got big yeah. and on the big stage against the Rock or a Probert or a Brashear, he stepped up and did really good against them. You go back and watch his yeah. fights with all those guys. He never got embarrassed. He never got the shit kicked out of them. When they were kicking the shit out of guys and cruising through the league, they never did it to him. He was always right there with them. No, and he was. And yep. Somebody brought up the other day. It was a, a topic like who never got dropped. I don't think Belak ever got dropped. I don't remember it if he did. I'm not saying he didn't win. Every, he, I mean, he lost fights, but I don't remember him ever getting dropped. No, I can't say he got dropped off the top of my head. No, and, I'm, and who can you say that about? Everyone gets dropped. I, not him. Yeah. So, Everyone. yeah. So, he'll no, he be... Really good. Yeah, and then when he got... Like you said, he was sort of in Domi's shadow there, but when he kind of... He really came into his own in Toronto and really found his groove and got into his prime. He was scary, man. And he's a big yeah. guy and he could Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, he was he was really formidable. Yeah, like, he was. That's you know, a, I think that flies on the radar. Like he was he was yeah. a contemporary of all those uh, guys you mentioned, Bugard, McGrath, or Goddard. And he never gets mentioned in the same breath as them. And he was he was in the league like earlier than all those guys. Man, like he I don't yep. know, man. I think you could hold him up in the same in the same breath as all of them. Yep, absolutely you yeah, can. You that, that's a fucking great yeah. answer. That is a really good answer. Yeah. Oh, I completely agree. And they're, yeah, underrated for sure. It sounds funny to say, but it's probably true. Yeah, if you go back and watch his yeah. stuff, you it's think, like, like... If you played in Toronto, how could you possibly ever be underrated at anything? But apparently you can't. That's true. Well, because Domi was there. And that was, that's probably why. Yeah, exactly. That's probably why. If he had yep. been there on a solo mission for the whole time, yeah, it'd probably be the Belak show. Plus his personality, right? Like he wasn't, like Domi was a lot more outgoing, a lot more verbal, did probably a lot more yeah. interviews and blah, blah, blah. You know, would get into it more and shit, whereas Belak wasn't like that. So, yeah, that that too. But, uh, yeah, that's a good answer, man. I was down with that. Wade Belak. Good one. Um, number nine. Well, we kind of talked about this a little bit, but... Um, who do you, um, who do you wish had a longer career? Who did we only, we, who did we not see the best of? That it's too bad. Okay. Uh, I'll be a biased, uh, Sharks fan and I'm going to say Dodie Wood. Aha. There, see, that's funny. Cause I thought you were going to say Link Gates. Cause that, you could say Link for that too. But, uh, oh, uh, you know what? Well, like Link played a long time. 
No, he didn't, though. He not really. I know he only, never got back to me. G- Gates, well, I get what you're saying. He did play for a long time, but yeah, but he only played like, I think that's the thing. I think people think Gates played a long time. I think he only played like 63 total NHL games or something. But. Oh, yeah, no. But he, but he did play. Like he played in the minors forever, too, though. That's true. But, uh. I, that's something. Like, he was playing, like, up until 2000, where, like, I think Wood only played, like, a few years after he left the Sharks. Like he, he, yeah, he, he was in like Kansas City for a while in the IHL and shit, and then he went to England and played in the LNH right. for a year and stuff. But that's a good answer, though. Dodie Wood. Dodie Wood was awesome. I love Dodie like, Wood. Well, like, cause he had, like, the one, I think the one year the Sharks brought him up, but kind of, like, halfway through the year, and he stuck with them the whole year. And they were, they were awful. They were, like, the worst team in the league that year. But Wood came up, fought everybody, was putting on a show. Yep. And he just kind of, like, you never heard of him again. And I'm like, man, especially like that time. It was like late 90s. Like, he could have had his pick of a litter who you want to fight, like, every night. And, ah, oh, man, I think we missed out on some great Dodie Wood fights that he'd been able to stay in the NHL for a few more years after that. Yeah, so. he, ha- he had that duck under the arm thing. I'd never seen anybody do that before. Yeah. Um, no. He was a technician, man. I, it was funny, later on, yeah. I saw a lot of... Um, Dodie Wood and Rick Rippon. And, uh, yeah. With the way they defended and their size and the way they used it. I've never, and like Rippon had that arm thing. He'd stick the arm. I've never saw anybody do that. But it's kind of like Dodie Woodish, kind of like where he would duck and use his, uh, well, undersized. But I saw that a lot in him, the way they both threw punches. And yeah, no, I love Dodie Wood. He was awesome. I love watching his old junior stuff in Seattle. And then, uh, but yeah, oh, those great fights, him and uh, Stoyanov and yeah. stuff like that. Oh, Dodie Wood was awesome. That's oh, a great. Yeah. That's a great answer. Stoyanov, Chris Murray. Yeah, yeah. I, I think like you can kind of see, like he kind of touched on it. Like I feel like he was almost like a little ahead of his time in yep. terms of like how he went about his business and like fighting, and, like trying to implement certain moves and stuff and maneuvers to, to get an advantage. He was an undersized guy. He wasn't. A, he was like what five ten, one ninety. Like yeah. He wasn't big at all. No. He was taking on some heavyweights. And he always held his own. He barely, I don't think he ever got embarrassed in any fight I saw him. No. No. He was awesome. Dodie Wood's awesome. I have a really good Dodie White. D- I have a Dodie White. I have a really good Dodie Wood two, two DVD set I'll upload for you. It's got all his junior stuff and all his UK shit and all that. It's, it's fucking good. He's he, he's awesome. Yeah. Dodie Wood. I'm down with Dodie. Um well, here we are, man. We made it to the final question. Number the, number 10, if the Hockey Hall of Fame said, you know what, we're going to open up the wing and we're going to make an enforcer wing, who should the first three inductees be? Oh, I can't say it's an original answer, but I think, I think people nailed it. Like John Ferguson for being the original enforcer, the OG. Yep. I say Dave Schultz for basically making that uh, requirement around the NHL. Yep. And I'm going to say Bob Boebert for just being the best at it. There you go. Got to agree. I mean, if, you, yeah, I, if you're going to have I a agree. Hall of Fame wing and that was your three first guy, I think you, they kind of have to be, don't they? Uh, really? I yeah. Mean, like, and I know like you're, you're leaving off some uh, obviously like really uh, some really uh, worthy guys for sure. Like, but I mean, how do you, like, everyone knows Ferguson was 
kind of the original gangster. Schultz made it a thing, I guess, so to speak. Yep. And I mean, if you talk, if you want to put Dave Brown, whatever. But like, I mean, I feel like the majority of people would say Cobra was the guy. <coughs> I'd say, I'd say so. Yeah, I think Dave Brown would maybe be year two. I mean, that might be the second year of inductions, yeah. but I think uh, yeah. for the first year, I said, I would think so. No, I can't. Those yeah. three, I can't. Uh, well, I was going to say, oh, you can say Eddie Short, all that. I think Eddie Short is in already. I think he's in the Hockey Hall of Fame. So, um, yeah, that's true. You know, yeah. so. Um, you, know, you know what, though? Can I give an honorable mention to a guy? Absolutely. It's your segment. You can do whatever you want. Yep. All right. I think he might be the last. I don't know. Enforced. I would say he's the last old school guy. Truly old school. Understood the role. Played it the way it was meant to be played. Because he wasn't all watered down by the new rules and stuff. And I know a lot of people hate him. But I love him. And that's Chris Neal. I agree. I love Chris Neal. You, I, I feel like he was kind of like the last bastion. He was the last guy standing for like the way it used to be. Before the rules, new, completely neutered the rules. And he got it. And he came up that way. He played that way up until his last days in Ottawa. His whole career with one team. I know he did some, you know, greasy stuff. He could do some shady things, but that's part of the role. Probert did, Probert did a lot of shady shit, too. So did McSorley. Oh, I mean, that's, that's You had to back then. Like, yeah, you had to. And I just, I mean... I love me, Chris Neal. He's yep, me too. He was a great, great enforcer. I yeah, and I, I always kind of thought like he's the last throwback. Everyone else that's around with him, kind of in his last like years, they didn't play like before the game became like this. They only knew it as this, at least yep. at the professional level. Yep. No. The, like, yeah, the two guys. I yeah, I would say Chris Neal and Sean Thornton. Are the last two yeah. that yep. were that did that would cross a line to send the point, you know, before the yep. rules really made it. Well, because I always bring up the Thornton Orpec thing. That was the last time yeah. when you saw a guy try to enforce, and look what happened. He got fifteen games, lost a ton of money, and that's why no one does it anymore. Can't afford to. Yep. And that was Thornton no. was the last guy, you know, and so it was like, yeah, him and Neil. Were the last guys that would cross the line to send a message before the rules completely killed it. But yeah, Chris Neal, that's a great answer. I agree completely. And I was really happy that Ottawa retired his number. And all oh, me too. And the one thing I will say that I've never understood well, there's a lot of things in these fucking fight message boards that I don't understand with these guys that claim to be these massive fight fans. It's like I never understood how someone didn't like Chris Neal. Like, what do you mean? No, I shouldn't say that. I get why you wouldn't like him, but I don't know why you would shit on him. I, de- I never understood that. I'm like, the guy played forever, fought everybody, ran around, was an asshole, which I always thought was sort of the point of all of this, and was mean. Right. And you don't yep. like him. It's like, well, all right. like uh, I, I just got a shrug. I'm like, I don't, I don't know why you wouldn't like him, but... Well, well, unless, oh, I'm a Leaf fan. Well, okay, I guess, but... I, I get it. You're supposed to dislike him if you're yeah, a Leaf fan. But, like but I was... Else, it's like, yeah. he's doing what he's 
supposed to do. Yes. And he yeah. makes the game fun. It makes it interesting. Yeah. Like, I, every time there was a, like, Ottawa-Toronto game on Hockey Night in Canada, there's always a thought in the back of my head. You know, if the Leafs have someone, I know Ottawa's got Chris Neal. Yeah. So something could happen. Like, Oh, like those old playoff you know I mean? series when they had, like, Roberts and Corson and Tucker, and it was the Battle of Ontario, and, like, Neal, and they were, guys were killing each other, running guys and oh, shit. Yeah. Like, those games were awesome, you know? And it oh, was yeah. like, and I always, and to be completely honest, I said I always felt sorry for Neal, because there's a lot of times yeah, he was, like, lone out. guy on that team. And, like, Toronto had, like, yeah. five guys, you know, and it's like, we have Domi and Belak and, yeah, I mean, even Corson and Tucker and, Roberts and shit, and then here's Neil sitting there, and I mean, who else has he got with him? I mean, you know, Shane Knighty maybe or something. You know, it's like, I don't know, it's yeah, just like, yeah. you know, nah, he, he was fine, but I mean, you know, what he was sort of the lone gunman there in Ottawa for a long time, having to stand there and take the, oh, yeah. take these guys running at him, you know, and he was there every game. He never hid from it. Oh, yeah. And, uh, no. no. I love me, Chris Neal. He didn't change the way he played. No. He would... He would be a prick if he needed to. You know, I always remember that one. Uh, it, it was kind of his last year, and he was kind of just up in the press box. The coaches weren't playing him. And then they were in that one series with the Rangers, and Tanner Glass was running around. So they put Chris Neal in the game when they went back to Ottawa. And sure enough, you know, Neal runs a couple of guys, tries to fight Glass. Glass won't fight him. It's this big thing. Anyway, Ottawa ends up winning. And then the whole time, like, after the game, like, everyone's just like, well, did they, you know, was, was Chris Neal really necessary? You, you could have won the game without Chris Neal. And I'm like, what are you watching? As soon as he stepped on the ice, the crowd is cheering. As soon as he stepped on the ice, every Ranger is immediately like, where is he? Because I know he's coming. Yep. It's like he changed the game completely. I know he only played five minutes. But he made those five minutes count. Probably a lot more than some of the guys who played 15 minutes made it count. Yep. And, like, it's just, like, you can't win. Like, he, he could have scored three goals. And if Ottawa lost, like, why well, even play this ball? And it's like, okay. You know? Yeah. No, I know. I, I always remember that, thinking, like, he did exactly what you wanted him to. He got some energy going. He responded to some of the physicality the Rangers were giving you earlier in the series. And you won the game. And yet somehow we're still asking, like, well, should we have played him? Was it really necessary? Did it really mean anything? Like, that's, but, I mean, that's that's just the new age of hockey media these days. Like, yeah. If a guy fights, he cannot be useful. No. He can't be a good well, player. Yeah, and that's something I brought Well, I know people are tired of me ranting and raving about it, but it's like that's like what Reeves is going through in Toronto right now. I mean, every, everything it's oh, like. Oh, no, I see it right now. Yeah, well, why is he on the team? He's no good. Oh, well, he's played only six minutes the last few games. They haven't won. Okay, then why would it be the guy who's played the least amount of time whose fault it is? I mean, and like, oh, and Stevie Dangle sitting there crying about him the one game. Well, that one Leaf got hit and Reeves didn't do anything. Well, he wasn't even on the ice when it happened. So I'm like, shouldn't someone... The point is, is shouldn't someone else in Toronto maybe jump up and do something? Like, why is it on Reeves completely to do everything? You know, it's just like, but it's anything to shit on these guys. Right. You know, the first couple of games when he ran around, got into the couple of fights and they won, oh, it wasn't because of Reeves did that. But then all of a sudden, as soon as they lose a couple of games, 
and he didn't fight, it's like, oh, what's he here for then? Well, would you think he was going to get 82 fights this year? Like, come on. You know, it's just like, yeah, I just, you can't, but it's always been like that. They can't win. It's just like, damned if you do and damned if you don't. So, yep. But anyway, but yes, Chris Neal, tremendous. But man, well, there we go. That's like, uh, 10 rapid fire questions with John. You gave some great answers. Um, I think it's about the second or third time you've been on the show. And I appreciate you coming on. Oh, and, and, uh, I appreciate you having me. Yeah, no, it was good, man. You did good. I, uh, I went, and I, like I said to the folks, I, I said to the folks out there, I will put your, uh, I'll put your YouTube channel in the description. So people, please subscribe to John's channel and check it out. He's got some great stuff. And, uh, thanks again for coming on, man. Thanks for having me, Darren. I appreciate it. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 